Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Today, we are talking with Kiana Marie of Kiana Marie Photography. She is a destination wedding photographer based out of both the Bay Area as well as Phoenix, Arizona, and she is passionate about helping other creatives turn their passions into their profession. So here's the thing about Kiana. She is very much a tell-it-like-it-is kind of girl, sweet but sassy, and a self-proclaimed workshopaholic. So today she's going to be taking us through the ins and outs of what you should do before, during, and after attending a workshop or creative conference. I am so excited to hear what she has in store for us today. Welcome to the show, Kiana. Good morning. I am so happy to have you on. Good morning. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. I feel like we've been talking about this for so long. Kiana and I go way, way back. I feel like we've known each other forever. And we've been talking about starting something like this for a really long time. And you've just been such an encourager. So I'm thrilled to have you on here. I would love to hear a little bit about you. I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a destination wedding photographer obsessed with dirt roads, natural light, and just fun candids and the real moments, right? Like I'm obsessed with happy tears. That's kind of my thing. I also am a workshopaholic and I am also obsessed with just constantly learning, constantly adding tools to my tool belt and just trying to advance myself at all times. As entrepreneurs, we know that we're just never settling and that we always want to strive for more and more and more and more. So that's kind of where this kind of hashtag workshopaholic kind of came to life. Um, I've just been obsessed with learning. My very first workshop was with Jasmine Starr in 2015-ish, circa 2015. And that's when I kind of got a bite of it. And I thought, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life. So I'm excited to talk to you about all that. I'm so excited that you're here sharing that with us because ironically enough, you and I met at a workshop, which is hilarious to me now, um, because since then, that's actually how our friendship has been maintained is like reuniting at conferences and workshops from Show It United to you actually being such an amazing part of the next level retreat that I host and coming back for the second time. So I'm really thrilled to be able to get your input. It's definitely an opinion that I value a lot whenever I'm deciding what educational experiences to invest in myself. I love getting your input on it because who better to ask than somebody who's done them all? (laughs) (laughs) Almost. And if you haven't done them all, I know that you've done your due diligence and you've done your research on almost every single educational experience there is out there for a creative entrepreneur. So kicking it off, I would love to know, like, is there a checklist for you or how do you decide, how do you choose what educational experiences to invest in? Great question. So this can kind of go across the board, but I will specifically answer for different variations, right? So for one, if you are just starting out, you just picked up a camera, you aren't even sure if you want to shoot weddings, right? So you're thinking, I know that this hobby can turn into a profession, but how do I even kickstart this? I guess my best advice would be to just get online, just search wedding photographers and education. Everyone and their mother is teaching photography now. So, but you have to kind of crack through who is someone that I look up to, someone that I want to emulate, someone that I look at their work and their work speaks to me. 
um, I think that's really important is kind of not only discovering yourself and your style while you are still pursuing your education, but there really is no right answer. I think the best advice is just to get out there, meet people, get referrals, um, hop into Facebook groups and look at, just type in photography education <laughs> and there will be tons and tons of fun facts for you to, to look into. I love that. And I love that you bring up finding referrals from other people. I feel like a really big piece that tends to be missing when people are deciding what to invest in is hearing from the people who have actually attended in the past and the outcome that, you know, that they've taken away from it. So that's a really great tip. And I love that a lot. I know that a lot of people hesitate to invest in educational experiences, whether they're photographers or just small business owners, because of the time and the cost. And I kind of tag those two things together, time and cost, because to me, obviously as an entrepreneur, time is money, right? So we always talk about that. Time is our most valued commodity. So how do you justify the cost? How do you justify spending that much time away from your business and taking an investment out of your business and pouring it into, you know, learning from who you hope would be the best of the best, but you really don't know until you get there. What are, what are the things that you kind of go through to justify that for yourself? Yes, absolutely. So I, before I even take time off, um, cause well, basically when I first started going to workshops, I had a full-time job. So I had to request time off. It wasn't just a, Oh, Hey, I'm a full-time photographer. I'm just going to fly out to a workshop or conference because I had the time. I, we all start somewhere, right? So for me, I justified by me going and attending this particular workshop or this particular conference, I could yield that much more money back quickly within that same year with the education, with the business tips and just the workflows that they have to offer. And, um, it's kind of just worked out that way where I, you know, it's an initial investment and it's a lot of money, but I know I kind of just equate basically through my experience, a workshop typically costs about the same amount as one wedding, right? So for me as a professional photographer to invest in a workshop or a conference, including flights, including hotel stay, including random food, it's going to be about $3,000, if not three to five, depending on what you're investing in. And I just equate that to, okay, if I can just pause, if I can invest in myself, in my business, in my future family and equate about one wedding, just one wedding and how much more that business that could yield come the following year, it, it's worth it to me because I can simply take that one wedding of let's just say about $3,000 and multiply that with future inquiries with a better online experience for clients, for future engaged couples. If I'm just creating an experience that is going to up level me as a person, as a business owner, it's absolutely worth it. So you're playing the long game in this, which I love. Um, you're kind of in it for the long haul and the return on your investment. And I love the way that you structure that in your mind of it's one client. So for you as a photographer, it's one wedding. For me, who I am not primarily a wedding photographer, it's one coaching client or one, you know, whatever kind of type of client that I have, being able to say like, I'm going to take my income from this one client and apply it to hopefully triple, quadruple 
so on and so forth in the next year. I love that. I think that's a really great way to look at it because I always say this and I'll probably end up saying this a billion times on the podcast, but I, you know, I always say our businesses should hold the longevity of our lives because we own our businesses. And as long as we're around and choosing to run them, we should be investing and reaping the benefits to those investments. So I love that because I think it's hard for people to kind of overcome the concept of, I do not want to drop $2,000, $3,000 on an experience right now when I'm only booking X amount, but you're seeing it as I'm only booking X amount. I'm about to drop this money and then book a lot more than that. Yes. Triple that amount. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I love that. That's awesome. Okay. So you've chosen what to attend. You've gotten your referrals from other people who have attended it. You've justified the cost in your mind. So now you're there. You're in the experience as a workshopaholic, as a yes. seasoned conference vet. How do you make the most of your time? What, what, are, what are like two or three things that you really harp on that you focus in on during your time physically at the conferences or the workshops? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, before you even start, so you'll notice a lot of times workshops and events will create a Facebook uh, group kind of getting everyone together. This is huge. You need to rock that. You need to introduce yourself. You need to say hi. Now, this is coming from experience where when I first started attending workshops, I don't like that kind of stuff. Like that's not my personality. Like I'm the kind of person that just shows up to a party with a plate of appetizers or a bouquet of flowers for the host. And I'm just there to have a good time. Like, so I had to, within my experience of attending workshops, I've noticed that the more involved you get with introducing yourself, kind of have to put your business hat on, right? Your extrovert hat has to come on. Um, introduce yourself in the Facebook group, instantly become friends on Instagram with the fellow attendees and just develop those relationships before you even arrive. A lot of times now that we're, um, I was going to say now that we're getting older, but no, now that we are getting more, you know, with our workshops or getting all over across the country and stuff, a lot of times we have to fly to these workshops. So become friends with these girls, um, hop in those Airbnb situations if they have that offered, because those relationships that you create before will just solidify and make, you know, your friendship stronger while you are experiencing this together. I think that's so beautiful because it's not only... I mean, it is about the friendship and the camaraderie, but this is like ground level networking right here. Yes, exactly. And so this to me is just like, how can you make the most of it, right? And it starts before it even starts. That's part of it. Another um, tip I have is literally dress to impress. Now, okay, the culture, the creative culture is to be very casual, right? Like we, we sit at home rocking our yoga pants, our sweatshirts, and our dry shampoo, okay? And oftentimes, I've been to quite a few workshops and conferences where the hosts will tell you, oh, it's a yoga pant day. Just relax. We're going to be cozy. We're just learning. We're hanging out but I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to look cute. Okay. So here's the thing. Like this is, this is not me telling you this as a fashion blogger. This is me giving this advice as a big sister. Okay. All of these conferences, all of these workshops are heavily photographed. There are tons of pictures going on. There's tons of Insta stories happening. And I'm sorry, like you just, you're not going to want to look like you just rolled out of bed. Okay. You're representing your brand. 
you're representing yourself, look nice. I'm not saying you have to get wedding ready. This isn't like walking the fashion show status, but you know, get up. I would say do your hair, at least put it in a cute top knot and, and really feel comfortable. Cause this, like I said, is going to be super heavily photographed. Again, I feel like you're really focused on, on the long game here. You're already looking at what to do after you leave, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. But no, I feel like people think, oh, well, you know, I don't really care what I wear in this. And and I get that. That's actually me. That's a hundred percent me. And I feel like you have to rein me in a little bit on that, but it's true because you want to be able to have content. You're creating content while you're there. And I think that that is a really smart move that you're doing that not everybody else does is using that time as kind of like twofold. You're there to learn or maybe even three, you're there to learn, you're there to network, but you're also creating content as you go throughout the days without having to, to do any extra work. So being able to prepare in that way is really smart. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So let's roll it into another tip as far as um, how to make the most out of your investment. Definitely make sure that you are photographing everything. So now oftentimes workshops and conferences will create styled shoots. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast on etiquette on styled shoots. Um, (laughs) um, But as far as photographing everything, I really take that to heart. So make sure you're getting behind the scenes photos of the host in action, teaching, group photos. Oftentimes, at workshops, we'll do like a headshot swap. And um, I think those are great. But even more than that, it's really fun when you can capture other attendees getting behind the scenes photos, fluffing a veil. These are all images that your future friends, like these, these girls you just met, are going to become your best friends for life because they don't have photos like that, like really cute photos of them adjusting a bouquet or a tablescape. It's really awesome um, to be able to share those images because like the long game, these new friends are going to share your photos. They're going to be excited to share and to tag you. Again, this is, con- this is taking content creation one step further and you're no longer just creating content for yourself, but you're creating content for your peers and your fellow attendees. So this is actually, I really would love to take a second and harp on this for those who are listening who are not photographers, because I think the misconception is that at, especially at creative entrepreneur events, you think like, oh, there's like 400 photographers here. Why would I take any photos on my phone? That's not true. You're still creating content, taking an iPhone picture of a speaker and posting it and tagging them is still creating content for both you and that speaker. Same thing with other attendees. And so I just don't want people to think, oh, that's just something that photographers do. I actually think that's somewhere that people miss the mark a lot is that they rely on other people creating content instead of taking a little bit of time throughout the day and just snapping some behind the scenes. Like you said, it's not always about the styled shoots. It's not always about headshot swaps, but it's, it's again, content creation for yourself and for for the people who are also present. Yes, exactly. Everybody can apply this to each and every business. Great. So moving right along, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but what do you do after the workshop or the conference? How do you continue to make that investment grow and to make the investment worth it for yourself once you leave that space? Absolutely. So the very first thing I do actually before I even leave. So typically I'm up late that night before I hop on a plane or maybe I am doing the quick edits while I'm waiting for my gate. But I do love to blog 
ASAP. I love to get sneak peeks up right away and then blog it. Um, oftentimes the host will reshare that blog and tag you and include them, include your blog in their, their blog to share the event. <laughs> and um, so to hop in there and get images for vendors is huge. You will definitely get the most out of your content you've already created for them to be happy to share that because they're just as excited to see your work as well. But then one of the first things I do after the photos are up and running, I like to just take my notebook out and just brain dump everything because you are going to be so exhausted. Your, your brain is going to feel fried. You're going to have so much information and just, I mean, everything's going to suck. Your website's going to suck. Your client intake form is going to suck. Like, you know, you're just, you're, you're re-evaluating everything and you just want to refresh everything. So before you do that, just make a list of just everything. Don't put it in priority list yet. You'll do that next, but just dump everything, all of your thought bubbles, all of the quotes, all of the fun stuff that you want to implement into your business. And then just take a breather, just relax. After you have some time to think it over and really prioritize your things, that's when you can get into action. I think that it's a really common mis I don't want to say mistake because everybody processes differently, but I personally have made this mistake in the past where I feel really overwhelmed at the end of an educational experience and I need to do all the things. So I, after I brain dump, I try immediately to tackle and I like my priorities are out of whack. So I like the idea of taking a break. Um, once you've taken that break, how do you determine how do you determine your actual priority list? Like how do you decide what needs to be done first or how many of those things that you've brain dumped now need to be done? I guess my biggest question is how do you not leave that notebook with all those amazing thoughts in it untouched in the future? Cause I think that happens way more often than people would like. Absolutely. So I like to kind of break it up into projects. So I have kind of like a maintaining list, things that keep my business running. Like if I don't have any great new ideas, this, this list are things that I can do daily that are tasks that need to be done daily. And then I have like the dreamer stuff because the dreamer stuff is what's going to help with passive income. It's going to help with possibly hiring out and the big ticket items that are actually going to bring further investments and just a higher salary in the future. So once I kind of break up, okay, this needs to be done tomorrow, whether that is client experience stuff, whether that's workflow things that need to be tweaked, just things that kind of maintain my business. Like those, those come first to me because those are practical things that are act that actually can yield more dollars. Like you're turning likes into dollars, right? So you want to make sure that you make time to implement those. And then I start breaking through. So here's the thing with big projects and it's like, I usually get overwhelmed. I start things and you know me lately, like we talk about this. Like I have all these great ideas and then I have to sit down and actually do it. Okay. So instead of running off, looking for the next educational piece, pause and look at your big dreams and your big projects that you want to work on. And then for me, I actually break them down and think, okay, what is going to be most profitable? So, cause what happens is I start thinking, oh, okay, this sounds fun. I want this. And you're not even pulling your audience. You're not even trying to figure out if this is a need in your niche. Like you can think, oh, if I was a photographer starting my business, or if I was a creative entrepreneur and trying to make more money, this is what I need. And you create some product for people that doesn't even have a need for it. So I start breaking through and I'm like, okay, even though this project sounds really fun, even though this project sounds like this is something that needs to be done, 
am I even going to make money doing this? Am I going to yield so many hours of brain power and creativity and just hours away from my family working on this project that is going to flop, right? So that's when I start thinking, what is, what is on my agenda for quick, actionable items that actually need to get done that will actually bring me money? That's kind of like the best advice is just finding something that you think could actually bring in dollars. I actually think that even though it is different, what they do is different for everybody. Just having the concept of what is profitable and being able to tackle that first is great. I do think there's something to be said for passion projects. Obviously, I'm doing one right now. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> This is it for me. But, uh, but at the same time, this has been, although it's a passion project, it's been on the back burner because I've needed to take on projects that are profitable first mm -hmm. to be able to kind of fund my passions. So I, I think that's a really unique way to look at it and a really smart way to strategically look at what to tackle first as well. Moving on to kind of the last question that I love to ask, and I'm going to probably ask everybody because that's kind of the concept behind this podcast. I'd love to hear your unpopular opinion, your unsolicited advice. What's one thing that you wouldn't necessarily tell everybody, but now you're <laughs> telling everybody yeah. about educational experiences? What's an unpopular opinion that you think can help people? Ooh, I love that one. I would definitely want to share that I want to give you confidence that when you are attending all these different workshops and you are meeting new people, especially in the creative environment, it's really easy to feel that comparison game. And my best advice for you is to feel encouraged by them, but just remember that they're not paying your bills. So don't feel like you have to run this rat race to keep up with a perfectly curated Instagram with opening up a new photo studio or just trying to follow in the footsteps of what you think the industry wants and needs of you. When in reality, it's all of your mom's friends on Facebook that are paying your bills. I'll go ahead and throw in my two cents of my unpopular opinion on educational experiences as well, because we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. um, this could go back to the first question that I asked you, but for me, educational experiences, I feel like everybody is hosting them now, myself included. I feel like I can say that because I host them too. Yes. Um, but I think my number one piece of unpopular opinion advice is don't go to things. Don't invest your dollars based off of who is hosting them. Don't go to people who have the largest following. Go to the people who have the best content. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a piece of advice that a lot of people need to hear. So I know you and I have talked a lot about that before. Yes, absolutely. We have our opinions. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Kiana. This has been so much fun. And I cannot wait for all of our listeners to hear all of your awesome advice coming from a true workshopaholic. Ah, thank you. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.